Hey everybody, it's Jason. Welcome or welcome back to the Mosaic Church Podcast. At the end of this podcast, please take a moment to connect with us on social media. It's a great place to learn more and to see what's happening at Mosaic. Most importantly, hope the following message encourages and inspires you to take a new step on your faith journey. Enjoy. I uh, heard a story once about a preacher talking to a congregation, um, and he told a story about a frog that had jumped into a pail of milk. Now, I don't know why there was a random pail of milk sitting out there or why this frog happened to jump into this milk, but he was using this example, and so I share it with you today. And this frog jumped into this pail of milk, and no matter how hard he tried, he could not jump out of this pail of milk because the walls of this pail were too tall, and because he was floating in this milk, he could not get the leverage he needed to spring himself out over the walls. And so this frog did what any good frog would do. He riveted, he riveted, and he riveted some more, but none of his froggy friends came to help him. Not Kermit, nobody showed up to give him a hand out of this bucket. And so he was left with one last thing. He paddled, he paddled, and he paddled some more until that, bu- that milk churned into butter and he had a launching pad from which he could jump out of the bucket. And the preacher who told this story concluded it by saying, just in your faith, just keep paddling. Just keep trying harder. Just keep doing your best, and eventually you will make it in your faith. If I was honest with you this morning, church, I would confess that there are times in my own faith that I feel like that frog in that bucket that I just paddle, and if I just keep paddling hard enough and long enough, eventually I will finally measure up to God. I think all of us at some time or another have probably come to church believing that that's the message we're going to hear. And some of us have probably even heard that message. You need to try harder. You need to do more. Read your Bible. Pray. And eventually you will measure up to God. But the truth is, when we look at this, there's several different ways we can approach this. There is the way in which we think we as human beings might be able to measure up. There is the way in which Scripture says we actually will measure up. And then there is the object of what do we actually do when we recognize how we're supposed to measure up with God. In today's passage, we're going to look at from the book of Romans, it gets right to this problem of trying to measure up that is common to all humanity. I confess it is something that I struggle with, and probably every other person in this room at one time or another has struggled with this in terms of trying to measure up when it comes to their relationship with Jesus, and it is this idea of boasting. We like ourselves some me, and we like to tell others about it right? And some of us know people that are a little bit more brash, a little bit more open about their bragging and about their boasting. Don't elbow your spouse sitting next to you. This is not a message specifically for them, okay? And then we have in our culture as well the thing called a humble brag. Who knows what a humble brag is? It's when you're bragging, but you're trying to sound humble doing it. So you might say something like on social media, 
hey, y'all, I'm so blessed. My wife got me this awesome pair of jeans, hashtag blessed. Or you might say, man, my neighbor didn't have enough money, so I stepped in and gave him the money so he didn't have to pay rent, hashtag pay it forward, right? Like, it's this idea that we're trying to brag while at the same time sounding humble, and we all know different people like that. Maybe we even recognize that in our own lives. But what's interesting is the Bible takes this idea about boasting and says that this is what the human heart often does in response to trying to measure up to God. It's not just a problem that some of our spouses have. It's a spiritual problem that all of us have. It's this idea of boasting and publicly proclaiming that I am proud or somehow have earned my status with Jesus. Do you want to know what the Apostle Paul has to say about this? In Romans chapter 3, he says this, beginning in verse 27 and 28, about boasting. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith by obeying the law. And this is what happens when the frog stuck in the bucket continues to paddle and paddle and paddle and eventually churns butter to escape the bucket. It's what we celebrate when we see these rags-to-riches stories. It's why we read self-help books. It's why we try harder, not only in our faith, but in our own personal lives. And it is a problem when it moves to boasting and believing that we can measure up to God through what we do. And here is what Paul is getting at in this verse in Romans chapter 3. He says that human boasting is excluded from this desire to measure up to God. It's something that religious people do. It's something that non-religious people do. But it is a problem for all of us. It is this pride that we take in our accomplishments and we somehow believe that if we can hold this up to God, we can say, God, hello, look at this, check this out. I measure up. Look what I did. Look what I accomplished. Pastor and theologian Tim Keller wrote about this in a book on Romans chapter 3. He said the whole idea behind this ritual boast is that we can do it. We can get it. We are strong enough. We're good enough. What God says the problem is with every human heart is that we look at our beauty, you look at your smarts, we look at our talents, and you look at everything about yourself and your achievements, and you say, I did that. I did that, and we take credit for it. And every single soul in this room boasts of something. I don't care who you are, everyone in this room boasts. If you knew me for a long enough period of time, and if I know you for a long enough period of time, we would eventually get to a place where you would be able to say, I know what Nick boasts about, and you'd probably be able to point to some things in my life. And some of us boast on non-religious things. We boast on things like money, on status, social media, our jobs, our careers, what we've accomplished. It's our way of saying, look at me, look at my value. This is what I'm worth. This is what I'm worth. But Paul says in Romans chapter 3, that kind of boasting is excluded from the gospel message. But even more dangerous than boasting in our own accomplishments, 
even more dangerous than boasting in the things that we are able to do is this uh, belief that we can boast in our religious accomplishments. This thing that says, look at my measure of faith, look at my piety, look at what I do for God. And it's dangerous not only because we think that we can hold that next to God and say, this compares somehow or somehow makes me worthy to your perfect nature, but the even more insidious part about it is that we hold that compared to other people. And we say either look at what I am done and I'm better than that person, or we look at that person and say they're better than me. And the good news of the gospel is that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There is no one righteous, not one. And so in a case study, if later in Romans, the Apostle Paul uses this idea of Abraham. And Abraham, for those of you who may not know, was, um, lived thousands of years prior to Paul. And he was the father of the nation of Israel. And God chose Abraham not because he was an exceptional leader, not because he was an incredible public speaker or because he had these incredible gifts and talents. Paul says that God chose Abraham out of faith and grace and that because of that, it was credited to him, his faith, through righteousness. And so Paul turns around and then says, if even Abraham, the father of the children of Israel, could not boast about being chosen by God because of his accomplishments, what ground do you have to boast about? What ground do we have to say, God, look at my accomplishments And so this religious type of boasting can get dangerous. And so our problem oftentimes is that we boast and try to make ourselves good enough. And we're all tempted at one time or another to try and measure up. But the Bible says in Romans, this never works. So church, what is the answer? If it's not boasting and if it's not of our own good works, the one word answer that we can sum that up is it called grace. This idea of grace, and Paul um, explains this in Romans chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, and he says this, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. But people who are counted as righteousness, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. Now notice the contrast Paul is playing with here, okay? On one hand, you have this idea of working, And on the other hand, you have this idea of not working. And so here's the problem when we try to measure up with God. If God accepts my work as righteousness, then God has to accept me out of obligation. And Paul uses this idea of our jobs to help explain this. He says that every one of us, when we go to work, we receive pay. We do a certain uh, job performance, and we receive a certain amount of pay in return for that. It's not because it's a gift. It's not because your boss feels generous. You are earning that pay. It is something you deserve. But if we're to do this in our relationship with God, if we were somehow able to earn our grace and God's mercy in our lives, it wouldn't be a gift. It would be something that somehow we felt like we deserved and somehow we would be able to brag about that because as human beings, we would find a way to brag about that and boast about it. 
and we would live in this kind of meritocracy where some people were in based on what they were able to do and others were out based on what they couldn't do. And that is not the gospel. That is not the gospel. And so um, there's a problem with this as well. Beyond not just being able to say that I earned it, you can't earn it. You can't earn it, church. You can't be good enough. You can't read enough scripture. You can't go to church enough to ever stand before a perfect God and say, God, I have earned this salvation. Because our works as human beings can basically be broken down into four categories. The first one is this, bad, bad. In other words, bad people doing bad things, okay? And the other one is good, bad, okay? There are people who do good things, but they are still imperfect. And then there is bad, good, people who do bad things that are perfect. That's kind of contrary, right? If you're doing bad things and you're perfect, that doesn't exist. And then there's good, good, people who do good things that are perfect, and that person doesn't exist either. And the problem when it comes to our standing before God is that we have to hit that last category square in the head, perfect and good, otherwise we fall short. Because God is perfect, we must be perfect as well to meet his standard of righteousness. And the best that we can ever hope for me on my best day, when all life is going well, the best that I can ever hope for in my relationship with God is just being able at times to do good things even though I'm perfect, imperfect and flawed. That's the best I can ever hope for. But Paul shows a better way. And he says this, but people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, because of their faith in the God who forgives their sins. Paul is saying that God is not looking for people who work. Even if you could work and earn it, you couldn't get there. God's not looking for people to work to earn their salvation. The good news is the gospel is that God is looking for imperfect people who say, I can't do this myself, but I need a Savior who can. And so in Romans, Paul says this, that all who call on the name of Jesus Christ and believe that he was the sacrifice for me and my sin and my failures, receive as unto them that credit righteousness of Jesus Christ in my own life. I am seen as perfect in the eyes of God through Christ because of what Jesus did for me. I can't earn it, but Jesus already did. We're going to use this opportunity to pause and reflect and go into a time of communion. And communion is a wonderful time of reflection. It's a biblical practice to actually use communion as an opportunity to remember what it was that Jesus did for us. And as we prepare for communion, I'll invite our ushers to start to get ready. I want to share with you a story that I think paints beautifully this picture of grace and not earning God's favor or measure in our life. In 2002, there was a college student who reported that she was studying for a very difficult test in a very difficult class, and it was the final exam. 
And the student showed up. She reports to class. Everybody was studying, hitting their books, trying to cram the last minute before the teacher came in. And eventually, the professor walked into the room and said, all right, everybody, I'm going to review with you some of the material before we take the test. And so the professor started going through and reviewing, and most of the things the professor shared were things that he had already talked about, but there were some things that this professor talked about that they hadn't heard him say before. And so they asked him, they said, what are you, some of these things you haven't talked about, he said, well, it's in the book, and if it's in the book, you're responsible to know it. How many students have heard that before, right? And so they couldn't argue. And so the time came after the review that the professor was going to give this test, and he began to walk around, and he would take these papers, and he put them face down on the desk, and he said, don't turn this over until I tell you. And one by one, he would go around the class and give each student their test face down. And then at a point in time, when all the students had their tests, he said this, you may turn it over now. And as they turned it over, they saw that every answer on that test had been filled out and that their name had been written in red at the top of the page. And they began to curiously flip through this test, and they got to the last page. And when they got to the last page, there was a note written on every test that said this. This is the end of the exam. All the answers on your test are correct, and you will receive an A on the final exam. The reason you passed this test is because the creator took the test for you. All the work you did in preparation for this test did not help you to get an A. You have just experienced grace. And one by one, he went around and began to ask these students about their tests individually. Did you earn this grade? Did the work that you did prepare you or get you to a place where you earned this grade? And one by one, each of them said no. And so after he had asked each student the questions, he went back up to the front and he closed with this. He said, there are some things that you can learn through lectures. There are some things that you can learn through research. But there are some things that you can only learn through experience. You've experienced grace today, class. And one day, 100 from years from now, if you have ever decided or should you ever decide to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, your name will be written in the book of life and you will have done nothing to have ever deserved your name being written there. That will be the ultimate experience of grace. That is the message of the gospel. That is the hope that we hang on to and what we proclaim for communion. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you live in Southeast Wisconsin, we'd love to connect with you at our weekend gathering. For service time, directions, and to learn more about our vision to ignite a movement of love that transforms our community and the world, visit us at mosaicwi.com.